This is Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Shoe Football Forum. This is Football Forum here on Shoe Radio. Great to have you with us on this Monday morning. Now, um, as you may know, obviously we've had quite a few special guests on this show uh, over the past few months. And we are continuing that in our massive run-up to the end of the year. And the first one that's kindly agreed to speak with us on the phone this morning is Final Score's very own Adam Cottier. Morning to you, Adam. Morning to you all. It's great to have you with us on the show. And... um, as we do with every guest that comes onto the show, first we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat to you about um, about your career as uh, as a football reporter. Um, how does it how does it feel knowing that um, that your voice is on one of the most the the biggest and most watched uh, football broadcasts every single week in Final Score? Um, I haven't really thought of it like that. Um... It's obviously special. I mean, it's it's very nice when you get messages from your family and friends who are obviously watching on BBC One. Um, I, I got a, you know quite a few messages on Saturday because it was quite an entertaining game. It was a um, you know it's quite a special game for me because Preston is my hometown. Um, yeah, I'm obviously very proud of it. I spent um, sort of 15 years commentating, reporting on Radio Lancashire. I still do that when I can. I'm actually doing a game on Sunday, Charlton against Preston. Um, so it, it all built up through for, through from from that really. Um, yeah, I, I think it's um, it, it's a proud thing for us all on there, all the reporters. And is this something that you always wanted to do? I mean, the the ideal for us would be to get in your shoes and and, and do this for a living. But from a young age, is this the kind of career that you wanted to be in? Did you want to be on the radio, on the TV, in broadcasting, yeah. talking about football for for a job, really? Yeah, so I I was the only thing I was really good at, admittedly, when I was at school was English. Uh, and I am a Blackburn Rovers fan. I don't tell many people. I don't really promote <laughs> it on Twitter, but that is my team. And I used to collect autographs when I used to go and watch them. So... When I was nine, ten, it was sort of 1994-95 when they were the first season. I actually started going to watch football with my dad. Was the season Blackburn won the league, and I used to collect autographs. And obviously, you meet the players, you chat to them, so it all went hand in hand. And so when I went to college and then university, I did media studies and, and English, and then did journalism at university, and it all went from there really. So yes, is the is the answer. My first sort of port of call with the um, radio work, the broadcasting was, was hospital radio. Fantastic stuff. And um, are there any games, because obviously, as you say, you've been uh, doing match reporting and commentaries now for the best part mm. of 15 years across Radio Lancashire and Final Score. Mm. Are there any games that sort of stick out to you over that uh, over that time that have been quite memorable, maybe for the right reasons or possibly even for the wrong reasons? Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird one. If I was to pick a game out, just Purely footballing reasons and nothing else. It was a game. I think. I think going back to 2012, it was at Ashton Gate. It was a Tuesday night, and it was Bristol City against Burnley. And Burnley had just. I think it was Owen Coyle who had left. Terry Pashley was their caretaker manager at the time. It was a big night for him. Um, Charlie Austin had a chance to go into the record books that night with consecutive goals. Austin did the record, but then it was, I think Burnley went 2-0 up, Bristol City came back to 3-2. 
and then and then Burnley won it in the 95th minute, and it was just an extraordinary game. It's, just, it's always the one that stands out. So not particularly a game for any occasion, but yeah, amazing match. I bet you didn't enjoy it though, watching your arch rivals win in such a dramatic <laughs> fashion, though. <laughs> uh, you have to be professional with these things. I've always, to be fair, under Sean, that I've really enjoyed watching Burnley over the time. Yeah, um, they've done brilliantly over there the last few years under Sean Dyche and you know they've thoroughly deserved the success that they've got yeah it's, it's... We've, uh, Blackburn have had their time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was just going to ask you what do you make of Blackburn so far this season then if, if you've had a couple of dodgy results um, haven't you recently yeah it's a difficult one injuries haven't helped at the moment we've got Daryl Lenehan who's probably one of the best defenders in the championship on his own who's out um we, we, our fullback positions needed um, addressing in the summer, and we did that by bringing in Greg Cunningham on loan from Cardiff, but he's now out for the rest of the season. Doesn't help. Um, certain players are not performing as well as they possibly could do. Uh, we spent quite a lot of money on Ben Brereton and Sam Gallagher. Gallagher had a really good first half at the weekend, but that's the first time he's really come to the fore this season. And I think there's a lot of debate over whether Christian Walton is an upgrade on on David Rare in goal. Um, there's certainly a debate over that. The positives, Bradley Back is still a good, very good player. Him and Lewis Holt look like they might strike up a partnership in, in midfield. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of dissenting voices at the moment towards Tony Mowbray, so we'll see how it goes. Do you Are you one of those dissenting voices then? Would you say he's doing a decent job at the moment? Because, obviously, it's quite difficult to compete financially with uh, no. with obviously the ownership situation. Do you think he's done a decent job at sort of steadying the ship? Yeah, and... He's done a fantastic job because when he took over, the, the club was, you know, in a very low state after Owen Coyle's reign. Um, there was a lot of work to be done. We, yes, we were relegated because I think he only had 15 games to save us when he took over and he didn't quite manage it, very nearly did. And then... You know, he really revived everyone and got the team winning again, which obviously gets the fans back on side. Um, you know, it's well documented the problems with the owners, but um, you know, the club was put back in. Um, you know, the, the feel-good factor was put back into the club. I want to say, and uh, and a lot of fans will be very grateful for him. Yeah, they're on a bad run at the moment, but I, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's needed that he. Uh, he sh- I don't think he should go, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if we just look at the Championship um, more broadly for a minute, I think we, we've discussed this on the show over the last couple of weeks. This Championship season is probably one of the closest and, yeah. you know, close-fought, close-run seasons they've had in, yeah. in many years. You look you yeah. look at West Brom in first, you know, top of the table, 27 points, but then down in 11th, you've got Birmingham on 22, five points separating the top 11 teams. And for me, I don't think there's a team, I, I can't look at a club or a team or a squad and I think that team is going to run away with the championship this year. How do you no, see, I'm... come end of April, beginning of May, how do you see that championship table looking? Who's going to go up? Who's going to just miss out on the playoffs? Who's going to be competing for that That's third to sixth places? What's it going to look like? Because it, for me, it is so difficult to call. Well, I'm going to stick my neck on the line. I have seen Leeds United this season and they are the best championship team I've seen. Um, West Brom, I saw opening day and yeah, they will be good. So I expect West Brom and Leeds to be in the mix. And then like you say, it's anybody's game then. Mm. Um, 
obviously I saw Preston on Saturday beat Blackburn. Preston, uh, you know, sold one of their best players in the summer to Sheffield United and they've just kicked on <laughs> incredibly. Alex Neal has done an outstanding job with that Preston team because the budget isn't massive and if he takes Preston up, it, it, would, it would be outstanding. I think they've got a chance this season. There will be a dark horse in there. There will be a dark horse. Do you think, um, char- do you think Charlton's going to be that dark Preston. horse? I'm not sure. I mean, even, you know, for you guys, I mean, I don't know what you think about Sheffield Wednesday's chances, but I always thought Wednesday have got a decent team and they've certainly got a decent manager with Gary Monk now. So, um, I'm not sure. Like you say, it's very difficult to pick a a winner. I'm just interested to see QPR later against uh, Brentford and see how they get on. Yeah, they've they've really impressed me as well. Decent players into the club and... um, you know, they could well be in the mix as well. But, you know, it's early days yet. You know, what are we, 12, 13 games into the season? Yeah, so difficult to call. And as you say, so tight. Just thinking ahead to Saturday, though, uh, Blackburn against Sheffield Wednesday. How do you see that one going? Um, it's a difficult one because there'll be a few short tempers in the home crowd, <laughs> I think, with, with, with Mowbray. Um, he needs a run of games now where we are consistently getting results. Um, Saturday won't have gone down well. We were 3-0 up. Sorry, 2-0 up at half-time. And then to concede three goals the way we did in the second half was, was really poor. The first two goals are mistakes. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge one. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday probably still on a bit of a crest of the wave with, with, with Monk coming in. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Let's hope it's better than last year's game at Ewood Park anyway. Because oh, yeah, that, that, that was when... That was awful. <laughs> that was when uh, we were pretty short-tempered with our manager. I remember the very vocal critics uh, mm. saying "Yoss out," and it did eventually happen in the end. Yeah, I mean, I just want to, I just want to change the subject slightly, um, and I want to talk about Premier League football. And I, one, one thing in particular I want to talk about, and I know we all have strong views on um, as as a three, is the whole situation with VAR at the moment. We mm. saw in the Arsenal game how Arsenal looked to have a perfectly good goal, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, ruled out. Um, it's happened on multiple yeah. occasions. There's a lot of chatter amongst fans that one thing they would like to see to improve it is a similar style to rugby union where you can hear the referees talking to each other and you can see what's going on. Um, I saw an interesting tweet, I think it was from Mike Mine, who was saying that um, one of the, the pre-season premises of, of VAR was that um, the camera angles were only going to be looked at three or four times because any more than that, it wasn't deemed to be clear and obvious decisions that were that, that were made in error. What is your take on the on the whole situation of VAR? Is it can it be a positive thing? At the minute, it seems that it's fully negative and it's getting a lot of hate from football fans. But I don't think I've ever seen in my time watching football a, a more divisive uh, introduction to the game as VAR has been this season. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's just it's providing the the backdrop to the season, isn't it? Really, every game we seem to be talking about VAR. I've actually avoided it in the Premier League matches that I've covered this season, <laughs> but I know it's coming. Um, what's my opinion? Um, listen, it, it it's worked on a number of occasions this season where goals have been disallowed, and then or vice versa, and the decision has proved to be correct. I'll pick one out. It's just right off the top of my head. Leandro Trossard scored a goal for Brighton on his debut against West Ham. 
and it was ruled out retrospectively because of an offside for Dan Byrne and that goal would have been given had it not been for VAR yeah. and that's happened on a number of occasions so it has had its positives. I, I must admit I was quite shocked yesterday at the, the, the decision to award United a penalty with the Norwich with the the sort of uh, the coming together, I can't think who it was. Was it Ben Godfrey? Uh, it was, and then uh, James, James got fouled, didn't he? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too sure who gave that. Was that away. Yeah. So, it, 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 the, the the Premier League have got a lot of working out to do with it. it, it it's not going to go anywhere. Um, it, it, again, it, it's somebody's opinion. They're looking at screens. I mean, I, I think a lot of people think it's you know robots making these decisions, but at the end of the day, it's just another person looking at a screen to make mm. the decision. I, I think the one of the issues. Is, sorry, uh, I think I think one of the issues thing is a grey area. Yeah, I think one of the issues for me is the is the minute offsides is being given. Mm. You know, when for example, mm. I, and I think that's partially to do with the Premier League rules in the fact that you know if if a part of the body that is offside that you can score from, then it should be given offside. However, for me... Yeah, you've got to draw the line somewhere, though. Exactly. You, you can't. If you're having daylight, if you if you say, oh, let's daylight, how much daylight do you give? Well, well that's that's the thing it's, for me. There's got yeah. to be a line with offside, and unfortunately it's such a you know a complex rule, really. Mm. I, I think the problem yeah. with it for me in the VAR sense is that offsides are being given for the most minuscule of infringements. And for me, that is not a clear and obvious error from the linesman. How can a linesman who was running the line see that somebody's, I don't know, left kneecap is offside, Mm. you know, or in front of a defender? It is so impossible. And I think if you're going to stick by this clear and obvious rule, then it has to be for the howlers rather than somebody's toenail that's offside. You you know what I mean? It it just seems silly. And I, I think... Some sometimes it does get a bit daft. Obviously, the clear and obvious offside should be given and should be overruled. But for things like that, for me, it just seems a little bit ridiculous. And I think that's partially why football fans are so open arms about it. Yeah, and the scrutiny on these decisions and VAR is going to intensify as the season goes on and the matches get more and more important. And that's what the Premier League have got to keep an eye on. I, the, the, I think the most remarkable thing for me is, and, and this is what's been talked about a lot over the weekend, the use of the monitors. It's not happened yet. Mm. And I, that surprises me. The, the monitors are there to be used. Um, they're, just, they're just trusting in the, um, in the officials on, on, on the field. You can understand why. Um, but, you know, bad decisions are made, unfortunately. And, yeah, VAR is just going to divide opinion for a long time. Um, but I do think it is a good thing that it's there. Indeed. I, I don't want it to go. I think it's the right thing to do. Brilliant. Because it's... sometimes goals are scored that are, you know, we've seen it in the past where somebody's handled the ball into the net, headed it in, and it's hit their hand and gone in, and that shouldn't be a goal, and they're the goals that should be ruled out. So those type of things, the, the real glaring goals will be disallowed. The rest will be all controversial, as we've seen. Brilliant. Adam, it's been great speaking to you and uh, thanks for giving up your time to uh, to join us on Football Forum this morning. No worries, guys. Anytime. All the best with um, with everything. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough industry to be in, but you're on the right track doing what you're doing. Brilliant, Brilliant mate. All Thank the best, you. Adam. Thank, Thank you, Adam. You.